Good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on this Wednesday, February 28th, what would normally be the final Wednesday of the month in this leap year. We get a bonus day tomorrow, but it's good to be with you at the 7 a.m. hour. I'm Adam Wright. Let's begin our time together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, all week long, I I think of it right after the show, and then I forget to say it on the show the next morning, so I'm not going to forget today. Today is February 28th. Tomorrow's the 29th, which means Friday, March 1st, is the first Friday of the month, and Saturday is first Saturday, so be sure to be ready for your devotions on first Friday and first Saturday of this month. Uh, If you're in Midtown, or not Midtown, if you're in the metro area and you're near downtown St. Louis, On Friday, they have First Friday Devotions at the Old Cathedral underneath the arch, beginning with 11.30 a.m. Confessions and Exposition, followed by 12.10 p.m. Mass. And it's a great opportunity to make that First Friday Devotion. Today on Roadmap to Heaven, we are going to hear about how love always gives more. And uh, you want to know what you love? Look at where you're investing yourself. How about the Holy Sabbath? How about the Mass? How about Sunday? Do you love God? Sunday can be a big reflection of that. We're also going to have with us today Lisa Cotter, who will be speaking at the upcoming Catholic Women for Christ conference here in St. Louis. You know, it's so funny. It's only been 11 days since Catholic Men for Christ. It feels like it was already a month ago. Now, time has been flying by. It's only been a week and a half since we gathered And it was a great day. And I know the women's conference, Catholic Women for Christ, is going to be a great day as well. So she will be with us, Lisa Cotter, to talk about that and why, ladies, you should give some thought to attending. And Monsignor Morris will reflect upon the fourth station of the cross for us this morning. That's all ahead here on Roadmap to Heaven. Let's go get a check of the weather with Mike Roberts, because I know this, it's cold outside. Today is the feast day of Blessed Daniel Brotier. Born on a commune in France in 1876, Daniel often told his mother as he was growing up he would one day be the Pope. Well, he never became the Pope, but at 10, he entered the minor seminary, and by the time he was 23, Daniel was a priest. He was assigned to teach, but didn't feel called to that profession, so he joined the Congregation of the Holy Spirit and was sent to Africa. When World War I broke out, Daniel became a battlefield chaplain, and he was fearless. He was cited six times for bravery and awarded the Croix de Guerre and the Legion of Honor. He said his ability to serve his countrymen under fire was due to the intercession of St. Therese of Lisieux. After the war ended, Daniel led efforts to help orphaned and abandoned children while dedicating all of his work to St. Therese. He died on this day in 1936. Blessed Daniel Brotier, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. 
Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila O my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. You know, I've told you a few times how much I enjoyed being at St. Louis's Catholic Men for Christ conference just a few a few weeks ago now. It seems like it's been a few weeks. It really hasn't. It's only been about a week and a half, but it was a great day filled with many blessings, and I was sad to see it end, but I will say this. As phenomenal as that day was for us, I, I immediately left and thought, hmm, I, I want my wife to have a phenomenal day and experience too, and so I'm just trying to juggle everything on the schedule to figure out how we can make it possible for her to attend the upcoming Catholic Women for Christ conference on Saturday, March 9th. And if you ladies listening are saying, oh, I don't know, I, I need a reason. Give me a reason to go. Well, uh, I, I'm going to go back to something that Pete Burak said at ours, where two or three are gathered, there is Jesus in the midst of them, and surely he's going to be there with you that day. But if you need even more of a reason, I'm happy to welcome to Roadmap to Heaven Lisa Cotter. She is an author who's written Reveal the Gift at St. John Paul II's, uh, it, it breaks up in St. John Paul II's teachings on feminine genius. Her family has been involved with focused missionary work for 11 years. Uh, you may have even heard her, those of you who are young women at a Steubenville conference when you were in high school. But uh, all of that in consideration, Lisa, it's great to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I always feel awkward with these introductions. Like, okay, why Why should we, uh, who, who are we talking to and why? You know what, if, here's the bottom line. We're talking with someone who loves Jesus, and uh, as much as I stumbled through that introduction, uh, we're so excited for this opportunity. You know, the men just had one, and now the, the ladies, the, the women get to have one, to gather together in Jesus' name and to grow closer in relationship with him. Uh, but if someone asked you, Lisa, what, why should I attend this conference. What would be your go-to answer? <laughs> Why should I attend? I love that. Um, well, I think the women. How about I speak to the women? Does that sound good? Yeah, because yeah, I've already been to my conference. conference. I, I'm not coming to yours. That's right. That's right. You got your chance. It's the ladies' turn now. Why should you come? Well, these days, I I absolutely love women's conferences. They are some of my favorite places to be. It is. It's just so important for us to take a step back every so often and just take a break from the chaos and the craziness and the, and the daily rigmarole and just take a day for ourselves to be with our Lord and to be in community. I honestly think that that is half the fun of these conferences is that opportunity to gather with other women, to be able to be fed, to have talks that are geared just for you, to be able to engage in the sacraments. And just in this moment of Lent, I feel like especially this is a really beautiful time to take a step back and say, Lord, I'm going to make you the priority today. There's 101 things going on on a Saturday. But during Lent, especially to take that day and say, Lord, it's you, it's me. I'm going to gather with a group of women and we are going to have a day to draw closer to you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, what are you giving up for Lent this year? Well, I'm going to give up, among many things, Saturday, March 9th, to go That's be right. with some other women. Uh, you know, 
I know you're giving two talks that day, Lisa, and I, I don't want to give too many spoilers, okay. but can you give us a little preview of what you'll be sharing with those in attendance? Yes. Yeah, so two talks. The first talk I'm giving is on being a disciple of Christ. I think the gospel message, right? Remembering who we are, what Jesus has done for us, what it means to be his disciple. It's the most basic message, but we cannot hear it enough. And so I'm going to bring a fresh take to that. I'm going to remind us who we are, why it matters um, that we have a relationship with Jesus, what it is that he's done for us. So that's the first talk. And then the second talk, we're going to be diving into some of those concepts from my book, Reveal the Gift, which is on feminine genius, which was made popular by our beloved Pope St. John Paul II. And so we're going to be looking at what are some of those gifts that are unique that women bring to this world in a unique way, right? Gifts that women uniquely bring into this world how do we live from our femininity, right? We live in a time where there's a lot of talk about gender and there can be a lot of different opinions. And so what I do in this talk is we really look at, well, let's get to the heart of what does the church teach and why? And I think when women discover that, when they see what it is that um, is so beautiful about their femininity, it really helps them to come alive and to live from who it is that God created them to be. Oh, that's see, that's the one where I'd love to be the fly on the wall, because as a father of daughters, I, I just take notes. And uh, whenever yeah. we involve St. John Paul II, not only do I take notes, but I bring a dictionary and a strong caffeinated <laughs> beverage, uh, because there's a lot to process there. But it's, Don't worry, it, I break it down. Good, good. Lisa, before we conclude here, I just kind of want to go back to something, the value of taking that day. And, and something you said that we all have a lot of things going on in life, not just the women, but the men, everybody, parents especially, and if you have littles in the house, whether they're toddlers or grade school age or even high school age, there is a lot going on. And yet it's one of those things that every time I've been challenged, Adam, you know that if you take some time for God, it's going to bear some fruit in your life. I can stop and I can say, oh, yeah, that, that did bear some fruit in my life. And I imagine, Lisa, you wouldn't be doing what you do. I mean, you spent 11 years, uh, you and your husband, involved with Focus. You've dove into the teachings of St. John Paul II, which is, you know, that's not a shallow pool to dive into there. Um, You've pretty much given your life to spreading the, the goodness of our faith. What's the fruit you receive from taking days like this to just go be with our Lord and to be with your fellow sisters in Christ? No, it's always tenfold. I feel like, you know, I sometimes I even come into these days feeling frazzled, feeling like, oh, there's so much that I have to do, so much that I'm leaving behind, you know, that's left on the to-do list. But once you get there and you allow yourself to kind of take a deep breath and you allow yourself to really enter into that day, you realize I need this so I can go back home, go back to life, go back to, you know, just just the the, the fullness of life, right? Life is full, right? Go back to that fullness. And I go back rejuvenated. I go back with, um, you know, a full heart. I go back with a new energy. I go back with a new strength to kind of make it through. Not that we're just trying to like make it through life, right? But, um, you know, to live my vocation with joy, to live my vocation from a place of peace, from a place of love, it always it's kind of like that battery recharge, you know, like ah, we could just use our phones all day long. They'll be drained, right? Like, oh my gosh, if we don't take a step back to pause and recharge, then we're just running on empty. And so it's really, it's actually a gift to those we serve, to our family, to our kids, to our friends, to our coworkers, to our whatever it is that keeps us busy in our day. It seems counterintuitive, but when you take the time away, you're actually then able to go back and enter back in and, and be a better gift to those around you. 
Well, like I said, I think uh, for everyone of the women gathered there on March 9th, it is going to be a fantastic day. For more information on the Catholic Women for Christ conference, you can just go to catholicwomenforchrist.org. The registration cost is $40. That does include your lunch. Parking is free. It's in the Sci Commons at St. Louis University High School, right by Forest Park. So it's very easy to get to. In addition to Lisa, there are going to be some other great speakers. You have a wonderful host for the day. Father Anthony Wick is going to be there as well. And I believe Archbishop Rosansky is coming to say Mass. There's going to be vendors and more. So check it out if you haven't already. Treat yourself to a day of growing with our Lord. Now, if any of the men are, are still with us here, you, you've endured a segment that wasn't for you, but I have a challenge for you. Are you prepared to offer that gift to your wife, to your spouse, to say, if you'd like to go to this, I am happy to take responsibility for the kids that day. I will figure out the logistics. I will make sure they get fed. I will make sure they get to where they need to be. I will make sure that you can just go enjoy this day without stress and without having to think about all of those things. You know, it's a great gift that my wife gives me all the time. Let's pay it back to our spouses as well and give them that gift. Lisa, I want to thank you for uh, being with us today on Roadmap to Heaven. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see everybody at the conference. We are going to take a break here on the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. Prayer for the Gift of Prudence Jesus, artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia. Being prudent in your best interest, you considered all potential consequences securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen. The Stations of the Cross are one of the treasures in the treasury of devotions and prayers of the Church, and I hope that we journey closer to our Lord through these examinations of the stations with Monsignor Morris. The fourth station, Jesus meets his afflicted mother. We adore thee, O Christ, and we praise thee. Because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed the world. Consider the meeting of the son and the mother, which took place on this journey. Jesus and Mary looked at each other, and their looks became as so many arrows to wound those hearts which loved each other so tenderly. My most loving Jesus, by the pain you suffered in this meeting, grant me the grace of being truly devoted to your most holy mother. And you, my queen, who is overwhelmed with sorrow, obtain for me by your prayers a tender and lasting remembrance of the passion of your divine Son. I love you, Jesus, my love, above all things. I repent of ever having offended you. Never allow me to offend you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me as you will. In the considerations at the very beginning, St. Alphonsus beautifully articulates this look that exists between Our Lady and Our Lord and describes it as so many arrows to wound these beautiful hearts, the Sacred Heart of Our Lord and the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. Of course, tradition tells us, I think it's St. Bernardine of Siena, that it was Our Lady's love that was so powerful and ardent in her existence that it caused Our Lord to leap from his throne in heaven and make his dwelling in her. And now we have here she who has been the constant companion throughout the unfolding of salvation history, 
who will take her place at the foot of the cross, meeting the one with whom she is intimately in love, her son, who likewise loves his mother uh, in a way that every son loves his mother, but in a unique and particular way, this son and this mother. There's almost an intimacy here that makes me want to actually turn away because uh, it is so particular to them. But it invites us into allowing Mary to be our mother as well. She is Our Lady of Sorrows, who is with our Lord on the journey, who is with our Lord at the foot of the cross, and she is given to us at the foot of the cross to give us the strength we need to actually endure as well. If our Lord saw fit to have his mother assist him in his redemptive work, we need to invite Our Lady into our praying of the stations, into our Lenten journey, invite Our Lady into our lives. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Lord Jesus crucified, have mercy on us. We are midway through the week, and so we stop on this Wednesday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier, where we are learning fun facts about lesser-known popes through the wisdom of Patty Schneier and Father Jeffrey Kirby. Exactly. I want to definitely point to Father Jeffrey Kirby and his book, A Year with the Popes. If you're fascinated by some of these lesser-known popes and some of the history and want to put things in perspective, he has an entire 365-day reflections from a lot of writings from the popes. Today, I want to ask the question, how do we know that St. Peter, the first pope, how do we know that he was crucified upside down? It's a tradition that we know, we hear about it, but is it really true? How would we know that it's not actually in the Bible? Well, in this book, A Year with the Popes, Father Kirby has pointed out that we have the writings of St. Jerome, born in the year 347, who recounted the life and details of the martyrdom of St. Peter. And he wrote, Simon Peter, the son of John, from the village of Bethsaida, in the province of Galilee, brother of Andrew the Apostle, and himself chief of the Apostles, After having been bishop of the Church of Antioch and having preached in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, pushed on to Rome. At Nero's hands, he received the crown of martyrdom, being nailed to the cross with his head towards the ground and his feet raised on high, asserting that he was unworthy to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord. Buried at Rome in the Vatican near the Triumphal Way, he is venerated by the whole world. End quote. This is why St. Peter's Basilica is built where it is. And during World War II, the actual bones were discovered and graffiti that said, Peter is here. Amid the fragments of Peter's skull, vertebrae, arms, hand, pelvis, and legs, there is nothing from his ankles on down. But this makes perfect sense. If a man has been crucified upside down, the easiest way to remove the body would have been to chop off the deceased's feet and remove the rest of the corpse from the cross. 
So lessons from us. I love this. And this I, I want to just share. It's an article written by George Weigel about the scavi of St. Peter and the grittiness of Catholicism. He wrote, Catholicism does not rest on pious myth, a story that floats away from us the more we try to touch it. In the scavi, we are touched with the apostolic foundations of the Catholic Church, and those foundations are not just in our minds. They exist quite literally in reality. Real things happen to real people who made real life and death decisions and staked their lives not on stories or fables, but on what they had come to know as truth. Beneath the layers of encrusted tradition and pious storytelling, there is something real, something you can touch at the bottom of the bottom line of the Catholic faith. And I love that. I just wanted to go back to the very first pope, Peter, and the things that we know about him. How do we know? Because the church preserves these writings of the saints. It's so beautiful. He was one page in the chapter of this 2000 history, but oh, what a page. St. Peter, pray for us. A great prayer to wrap up our daily dose of encouragement. Patty, thank you for today's insights. Have you ever had your carpets cleaned or your floor refinished? I, I think that the last time we had our floors refinished in the house, it was luckily uh, before we moved in. And, and we had that foresight to say, you know, these floors could use some TLC. And before we bring our furniture and our stuff in, we, we should refinish the floors. And I'm really glad we did that. Well, we're getting to that point where we need to do that again. And I shudder at the thought of it because of not just the furniture, but all of the other stuff that we've accumulated over the years with five kids and our family. But, you know, even before that, I, I think of the time uh, when we just had three kids or one kid or no kids and the amount of stuff that we have in our house and we had in our house. And every time we do a deep clean, and the kind where you're moving the furniture so you can get to the floors, get to the cracks, the crevices, the baseboards, the windowsills, so the, you know, all those places that don't get that routine cleaning every week. And I think of all the stuff I'm moving, and I, I keep asking myself, do I really need this stuff? Now, sometimes I can go a little bit overboard. You know, honey, we don't really need a couch. We don't need a chair. We, we can just sit on the floor, right? You know, well, furniture is overrated. Uh, well, my wife steps in and says, no, let, let's keep the couch. But maybe the pile of papers that you said, oh, I'm going to go through that. They've been sitting in the same spot. For 12 months now, going on 13, going on 14. Maybe, maybe Adam, just go through those papers and say, well, what can you get rid of from that pile? Sometimes doing that can be painful. Sometimes we run into mementos, things that hold great memories for us, and we don't want to let go of them. Other times, it can be uh, quite therapeutic. It, it can be great to just have that freedom of saying, I'm letting go of this. As much as I've enjoyed it in the past, I'm letting go of this. Well, I hope that's where we're at in Lent. Now that we're exactly two weeks in, that you're at a point where you're saying, you know, those things, I wasn't sure if I could give them up for the season of Lent. But two weeks in, I'm glad I've let go. I'm glad I've let go. I hope that's your Lent so far. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. 
pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm really looking forward to seeing the documentary about Servant of God, Michelle DePong, tonight. If you go to michelledepongcause.org, you can look up information if you're in St. Louis on uh, if tickets are still available to that. Um, and I'm also really looking forward to doing some cleaning. We just dropped off some bags of clothes the other day at our local St. Vincent de Paul thrift store. Felt really good to get those out of the house and to let go of those. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And don't forget to pray your rosary today. And don't forget First Friday and First Saturday devotions this weekend. Until tomorrow, have a great day.